Welcome to the Double A Sports Podcast, Minor League Field with Major League Discussion. Here are your hosts, Alan and Alan. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Double A Sports Podcast. We are your hosts, Alan and Alan, and this is episode 22. Woo, 22. What's going on, bud? Not much, man. You know, uh, about to go back to work on Monday, my birthday, big whoop. I know, happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Well, anyways, not much going on. What about you? Uh, not a whole lot. You know, it's, you know, schools are out. So when I went to work this morning to put away my truck and everything for the weekend, you can definitely tell people are checking in early. The beach is packed and we're pretty much sold out this weekend, especially for Father's Day weekend. So oh, yeah. happy Father's Day to everyone out there. That's right. Um, and then I realized something yesterday. What was that? We would be in New York right now. Oh, we would. This was the weekend. <laughs> we were planning on going for my birthday to go we check out the game. We would have drove up yesterday, oh. spent the night in New York to explore, and so then today would have been game one. Oh, man, we'd have been having a great time right now. Yeah. Dang. Exactly. I realized, I was like, wait, this is Father's Day weekend. This is the weekend we were supposed to go to New York. Man, what a time it would have been. Right? I feel like the weather's pretty nice right now, too. Yep. Man. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is going to be a depressing weekend now. Dude, but, you know. That is crazy. So, all right. First things first. All right, let's uh, let's get to some uh, something we watched uh, that came out not too long ago. So, ESPN dropped a thirty for thirty. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. It's the Long Gone Summer. So, it's about Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire in the hunt in nineteen ninety eight for the uh, most home runs hit in a season. It was pretty exciting when it was happening. How'd you feel about it though? I was a little bit let down on it um, compared to other 30-30 docs. It's like it's more of a backstory, stuff behind the scene that you didn't see. This was kind of just glorifying like what we saw. There wasn't no really too many stories behind the scenes they talked. Now, do you think it's because at the time they weren't really doing that? I know they showed us the Jordan documents, but it was, documentaries. I, I don't really think it was because of that. I think it was more so like... Sosa and McGuire really didn't give like no details. It was kind of like, yeah, you know, like, and then just yeah. Just, I mean, I agree. I mean, look, I like I like the story. I remember the season. It definitely saved baseball. But the the thirty for thirty was a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that they were that was even halfway exciting was when McGuire was trying to imitate Sosa. Like, yeah, like what would you do? <laughs> like, it just showed like they should find. But like they t- they said in the beginning, everyone's like the ninety four shutdown. Baseball is an all-time low, and they needed something. And then, well, I'm going to tell you what I remember about the '98 season. Um, I was about nine or ten years old. I remember the Tides. I remember going to the Tides games quite often. I think this is probably about the time your dad was getting tickets all the time for stuff yeah. too. I remember going, and I remember the team had Jay Payton and Benny Agbayani on it. So that's why the team really sticks out because '98 was a good year. Yeah. And then I remember we were going back and forth watching them hit home runs. It was crazy. Like he hit another one. He hit another one. It was. So much to the point that I'm pretty sure that the guy who sells cards at the Tides game took advantage of me because I remember paying $32 for a Sammy Sosa card that year. Was it that <laughs> year or the year after? Either I way. I remember <laughs> Either way, man. buying the pack because it has Possible Sosa's rookie, and I ended up getting it. And I still have it to this day. I got to go find the card I paid money for and see what it looks like. It's probably like a fourth year, fifth year in, not even great. <laughs> Just like a little hologram maybe or something. It was the hot ticket then. <laughs> it was. It sure was. But like they said the beginning of the doc where everyone thought Griffey did, did have a chance. Oh, and, Absolutely. And and he didn't do bad that year either. Yeah. He hit 56, I believe. Yeah. And the bad stretch was the 20 games with no home run, which probably did it. Because when I, because I don't remember what his total was. Do you ever remember Sosa? Yeah. Back forth. When I saw like 56, I'm like, 
He was still in it. He was. Absolutely. And think about it. If they, if they weren't on this big tear and he was in 56, we would have been talking about him getting close to 61. Yeah. Um, and what's even crazier is about the time they were close to the 61 hunt, Sosa was starting to get a little bit of a lead and they were going back day after day. They were, they were, they were getting yeah. it, man. Like I think McGuire had to hit two just to get back up there into the 60s. Either way, they hit a lot. Like I was like, oh, they got the seventies. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, it was kind of the story when they get the sixty nine seventy from McGuire. He's like, he didn't want want to play. He hit two that day. That and last he hit game, that one, and then he's like, good. Like just go and get, just swing at this ball and you're done. And then he ended up taking that one deep for seventy to lock it up. Basically it, locked it up at that point. Yeah, like pretty much the last week. So so after he hit tied it at sixty six, that he went blank afterwards. But he ended up getting well, the MVP and, right. and, and another the clinch of the wild card. Exactly. And, and what I do remember um, in the document touch base on was when Sosa was hot, man. He was hot. He hit like 20 home runs in June, I believe. Yes. Man, that That's was how it caught him up because it was still he wasn't. And then it just that hot streak. And then I went dig some deeper in the numbers. So, of course, the 98, we had that record, the, you know, the 70. Yeah, yeah. And, 60, and then well, McGuire had a pretty good one after that. Well, the next year, both McGuire and Sosa were be, were one and two again at sixty. Uh, where am I? Sixty five for McGuire and sixty three for Sosa. Wow, that's nuts. Two thousand Sosa hit for fifty, and of course, oh one Barry Bonds set the new record at seventy three, and Sosa still hit sixty four that year. That's crazy. Those two years, McGuire was injured, and then of course he retired. Right, and he still hit 24 home runs, I believe, his last season. But Some, yeah, and that was only a couple years after he, he hit 60 this. games each of the last two seasons before retiring. Right, which but, is too bad. And then since you know Barry Bonds set the record, no one has hit at least 60. Yeah, it's a tough number. Stan man. became the closest a couple years ago at 59. <sighs> we yeah. all thought maybe he had a chance, and he ended up not doing it the last day. We all thought there was a chance he. Because we hadn't seen it since 01. Right. And then I remember when we had uh, recently, uh, Pete Alonzo last year got 50 or so, and, and it was just like, wow, that's a lot to get to. That is a tough number. It is. So thinking about you getting to 70 home runs, you got to be a beast. And like, like they said, I like in the documentary how they said, like, baseball records. Everyone remembers records. Yes. No cares. And that was a big one. And then the story of um, St. Louis's um, commentator crying – because uh, he yeah. has seen almost everything. Yeah, the guy, the guy that uh, who watched um, Roger Maris hit that or whatever, right? Yeah, I mean, like he he's been commentating like, for a long yeah, time. Yeah, like the stuff where he's seen all the stuff and he thought it was never done and he saw it. Yeah, that was it, crazy. MLB is romantic about records, we can tell, but it was also nice that Maris's family was at that game yeah, when McGuire beat it, and then he went over and talked to them. Yeah, I remember that from watching the movie Sixty One that HBO did. I remember mm-hmm. that they started in that part, and then they went into the story of Sixty One, which was nice. I love that movie. I think the saddest thing, though, about this whole thing is that Sosa has not been back to Wrigley Field. They haven't invited him back because they of the falling out before they because they him want stuff. him. Well, they want him to say that he. They want him to admit that he took steroids. See, I didn't like the ending of the documentary, how it kind of like, it went like, oh, Bonds will did Burt Road, but then like they went to the steroid era. Like, show short, you, you did almost a two-hour doc, and you took 10 minutes about steroid era before ending this movie. Right, which should have been the whole kind of concept, I thought right? about the last 30, 45 minutes, that's how I was going to start diving in, especially when they started talking about the um, container found in McGuire's locker. Right, and and what? But based on the documentary, they were making it seem like these substances were not illegal at the time they were taken. No. So I pulled this up. So over the most of the course of MLB baseball, steroid testing was not a major issue. In '91, the commissioner at the time, Faye Vincent, sent a memo to all teams stating that steroid use was against the rules. 
though there was no official rule change, mm. he said that the memo was intended to as a morale statement to the players rather than a legal one. So there was no ban on steroids, not until 2005, and HEH was in 2011. Right. So, so, why, so, what, so that's what I'm saying. Why are they making a big deal about it when McGuire was taking something that was legal at the time? It, it just blows my mind. Everyone needs to find an edge. Sports, you know, racing, everyone trying to find that competitive edge. They found it, and it wasn't illegal. Well, he was saying, I'm not sure if we're going to take this at his, his word, but he was basically saying that the reason he started taking the stuff he was taking is because it was supposed help to help heal. with injuries. Yeah. Exactly. That's what he was Which told. makes sense it because makes sense. doctors prescribe steroids for nowadays for, for certain exactly. stuff, certain illness. So, yeah. So, I, I would believe him. I mean, <laughs> McGuire is a big dude, and, you know. And especially, he was the rookie home run record. Yeah. Until Aaron Judge did it a couple of years ago, and then now Pete owns exactly. it. Exactly. At 49. Right. When you look at McGuire, you know this guy can rake. Yeah, like A's, Absolutely. Like he was knocking home runs, and they converted him from pitching from a, to straight first baseman. Now that was great. great uh, crazy. And Coming the A's from a pitcher got lucky, to that. Had him in the very young year, got his World Series champions with the A's, and then just became that home run hitter his, pretty much his whole career. Yeah, and I mean, it was glad, I'm glad to see that he got back into baseball after the fact. I know that he's uh, left the game recently because he wants to see his kids grow. But still, I mean, you know, when he yeah. com- if he comes back, I'm thinking everybody's yeah. going to welcome Cardinals, him with open Dodgers, arms. and Padres, his hitting coach, he has the tools. Clearly, he's a great hitter. Absolutely. And if you're in college and then straight your rookie year hitting 59 home runs... Well, like I said, I don't remember seeing a lot of him play because we were still young. But yes. I, but what I do remember, the guy was a home run beast. Yes, yeah. I remember him just when he got up there, man, he yeah. was, was kind of intimidating. I would I would have been intimidated seeing him in the box if I was a pitcher, just like if you were a hitter oh, yeah. seeing Randy Johnson. I'd be like, this guy, I don't want to throw to him. Yeah. Like Trexel said, he's like when he was throwing, he oh, yeah, gave it was, up. I don't want to be that guy. We all talk about going to that, that two-game series like, I don't want to be that guy. But it's kind of hard to stop a guy like that, for sure. Yeah, it's just when you like when and where you're gonna be that you're gonna slip up and that guy's gonna take you. It's just like when Bonds was going after the record. It's like exactly who's gonna do it, and then finally it was the Nationals. Exactly. So yes, when Bonds was up there, he was at, he was hitting so good. It was at a point to where you either walk him or he's hitting a home run. He is like I can't walk him all day long. And I remember when he was getting walked with bases loaded because they'd rather <laughs> give up a walk run and then a grand slam. That's nuts. I don't think we're gonna see that ever again. No. Nobody's nobody's gonna do that. But still, when you have a hitter like that, yes, it's something special. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on, man. If we got, any, if you guys want to hear more about the thirty for thirty, or you got anything you want to add to it, let us know in the chat. Yeah. So next thing, though, this blew up last week, and it was like everyone stopped, like hold up. <laughs> so in two thousand seventeen, I to- where some people remember, some people forgot. Yankees were fined an undeclosed amount for a sign-stealing situation. Well, a judge said that letter and that information needs to be unsealed and known to the public. And Yankees are fighting it. All right, so what? So what's the deal with the letter? So they know how much they owe, but what's the letter about? Why is so it sealed? The letter like, is it's findings, what the commissioner sent to the, like an undeclosed fine, and the findings of their investigation so, only to so the So the Yankees know about this, right? Yes. So they, so they're, so the, the judge wants them to disclose. Unseal it to what is all said. To what was said in it. Okay. Yeah, and, and you know what? I think that's fair to ask because if we're putting the Red Sox and the Astros and the light and the light saying, hey, you guys are in trouble for sign stealing, then why wouldn't we look at what the Yankees did? It doesn't make sense. We should know what's going on. Yeah, especially the year of, you know, Astros lost a first-round pick this past draft. Exactly. Red Sox lost their second-round pick. And it's right. like, 
okay, these people got picks and money. That's and what I'm saying. What is this? And then no one knows, and they're fighting it. And then what I'm wondering, uh, the Yankees, you know, they're America's favorite team. So what are you just giving them a slap on the wrist? That's what a lot are of people are getting a hundred thousand dollar fine. I, we gotta that, know exactly that. So the whole thing started because you know, um, players of DraftKings is suing MLB between the Red Sox, Astros, with the signs, but with this whole Yankees thing, they want the unsealed to know what they're involved with. And, and the judge said unseal it, and now of course you know the Yankees have appealed it. Right. Well, I want to see this now. I mean, and like I said, especially because the other teams are coming under scrutiny, we need to know. We got we got to know what's going on. We need the information. Yeah. So this was on Twitter. Don't know if this is confirmed or not. So I sent you this. It says a source told me late last year that Yankees were allegedly had three different cameras set up in the outfield in 2017, left, right, and centered, oh. trained on the catcher's mitt to steal signs. Yep. According to the sources, there's four guys who strictly go over the signs during the game, revealing the signs to the players live in a moment during the at-bat. When players made it to second, the signs would be relayed to the hitter. According to the source, there were multiple teams who were using different methods of the sign stealing, including the Yankees, Rangers, Royals, and the Phillies. Interesting. All good teams in this time frame. Of course, you know, whistling, <laughs> live feed during the games, person in the stands, posture, coaches, from how the coaches sit in the dugouts to stepping forward or right or left leg is all mentions to how signs were stolen. Wow. And then someone broke down the Yankees postseason home and road splits of that season during the postseason. Okay. Gary Sanchez at home, he, he batted 292. On the road, he batted 138. Wow. Didi beat, um batted at home 368. On the road, 172. <sighs> Judge batted 333 at home. But batted only point zero seven four on no the road. No way. Greg Bird batted one thirty three on at home on the road one ninety two. These are only four players that I pulled. Okay, so first thing we, me and Alan, always say this all the time every year: the Yankees are going to pay for their team. They're not going to care about who they draft or whatever. They're going to buy the team. The best players are available. They're going to get and they're going to purchase. Yeah. So with that being said, it does not surprise me at all if they did this, if they went this far to sign still to get better because that's what they want to do. Yeah, because remember um, the whole, they're the ones that yelled about the Red Sox with the uh, the iWatch, mm-hmm. the Apple Watch. And then Probably had insider information. Something. And then, and also, and then this is getting interesting. Remember, everyone thought about Beltron being Yankees before yeah. he was an Astro. Yeah. Did he have something oh. there and brought it to the Astros? Possibly, because didn't he? Didn't they say in the article a while back when um, he was the one named for sign stealing in the Astros? He said, "You guys are not on par with the sign stealing that everybody else is doing." Which he has a point because think about this, guys. When the Astros got caught for sign stealing, what are they doing? They're out here banging trash cans like Neanderthals. <laughs> The Yankees, they're doing sly movements like, hey, this leg's over here, this leg's over here, whistle here, or a guy on yeah. second is doing something. They're not making it easily known, but yeah. to themselves. You're out there banging a trash can. Come on, man. You're giving it away. So he's right. That could absolutely be a thing. He was with the team for a couple of years before all that. So it's yeah. interesting. Maybe he started it, and they progressed it and made it better by the time th- this happened. So. Man, so okay, so if this comes out and it is true, it'll break my heart again because there's really good players that I thought were good. But what you're telling me, these stats, if Aaron Judge is batting less than a like a point nine two on the road, that's not good. And wasn't 17 the year he set the record? Oh my gosh, you're right. So think about it this way. So what I'm gathering, if you take away this sign stealing situation, not only is he not getting this record from McGuire at the time, 
he is also not a good hitter. We're going to be comparing him to a Mark Reynolds. Not saying Mark Reynolds or Aaron Judge aren't good hitters, but you're making me you're making it seem like they're a power hitter only. So he should be striking out a lot more than he is because when he get, connects, yes, he takes it forever. But when he doesn't connect, based on this, I don't know if he can hit because if he's side stealing, he's batting a zero nine two. You're not even in the start lineup. You're going back to the minors. Exactly. There's no doubt about it. And he was in the minors for years until he finally broke <sighs> out in seventeen. That's not that's not good news. Yeah. So this, I got to see this. This is why Yankees are scared because they said it's going to hurt them bad. Apparently, what a lot of people are thinking. Well, it should because if I if I'm going off of the news that you and I that everybody else has access, especially to, if it, the fine is like barely a million or less. Well, well, let's yeah, let's forget the fine. The bigger picture is that the Astros were really terrorized over their science stealing, but their science stealing could be kindergarten work compared to what the Yankees were doing. So we they could be. A, a whole nother level of science dealing mm-hmm. that we don't know about. Exactly. This could break. Oh baseball. Man. Oh, this is not good. So well, we're gonna definitely keep an eye on yeah. this. So if the judge is if it finally ever unsealed, we were definitely talk about and break that down. The whenever. year of the science stealing. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of science stealing. Yeah, so speaking of science stealing, it looks like Alex Cora is talking about the Red Sox and Astro science stealing scandal. So what do we know? So apparently he talked to the Boston Globe, finally broke his silence. Um, As he should. He has opened up about science stealing scandal involving Houston and Boston when he worked with coaches of both staff. It felt like there was something weird about how the information got leaked. I do believe, honestly, we fucked up. That's it. People are paying the price different ways. AJ and Jeff were suspended. Carlos was in the report, and he's not in baseball right now. The players were paid a little price, a little bit, during spring training. But it was we. We did it. Whoever was there from May until the end, they know when the players talked about it, some of them went straight up to what happened. Some of them didn't. But by the end, they made a huge mistake, and that's it. We'll, we'll see where it takes us in, in the statement he released. Um, of course, being fired, he denied having any involvement in the scheme, the um, GM of the Astros. Anybody who worked closely with me in my 32 years inside-out baseball can at least, to my integrity, I did not know the rules were being broken. As the commissioner set out in the statement, I did not personally direct, oversee, and engage in any misconduct. The sign-stealing initiative was not planned or directed by baseball management. The trash campaign was driven and executed by players, and the video discoding the signs oriented and excluded by lower-level employees working with the bench coach. I'm deeply upset that I wasn't informed of any misconduct because I would have stopped it. Cora was the Houston's bench coach during the 17th season. So he said, went on and he said, um, in 2018, I don't want to get into speculation with this. I went through a lot with MLB, respect the decision of the commissioner in the Houston. I was very honest with MLB with the second one. And then, yeah, so pretty much, and he said, he would be open again to managing sometime in the future. Of course he would. But the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this is that this is a real issue, and this is a real reason why the MLB could be losing fans because the players are not playing to have fun. They're playing to keep getting paid. Yes. They're cheating, doing anything they can, doing whatever it takes just to get a W. It reminds me of Cool Runnings. 
<laughs> I'm just saying, like, this is not good. Because yeah. we, like, like you and I, like, if we watched the Mets game, even though we had a, a pretty okay season, we didn't really do much last year, but it was fun, exciting. We yeah. got to watch a game that really meant something. Mm-hmm. Like, we listened to it on the radio, like, yeah. when they were going on the run, doing their thing, and they're having fun. And that's why we love the Mets. But if it came out that they're stealing signs and stuff, then that would make the whole thing feel a whole lot worse. It'd make me be like, I can't watch these guys. Yeah. See, that's, that's, that's not good. Yeah. I hope that's not the case with our boys. But this is not looking good for the other teams. Absolutely not. Yeah, it pretty much comes down to is um, we thought as baseball, very athletic players, you know, this is the best on the field. Right. And they're working their ass off and not no cheating signs. There's one thing, like we said, with steroids, was that it was not a rule. Then we came a rule, yes, you're breaking the rules. Yep. If this was sent out in some form, Steinstein has always been – if there's tipping pitches, tipping pitches. But if you're right. literally finding an edge to watch and catch signs, MLB should have been ahead of this. I agree. If your pitcher has his finger out of the glove and he's showing you tipping pitches what he's throwing, that's on him. But if you're deliberately trying to see what the catcher's doing and you're trying your hardest to see what's going on and you're – And then you're breaking down like, okay, that's one what I'm is saying. this, yes. two is this. So that there's you're giving up – you're not putting skill in the equation. You're giving up what he's throwing, so all you have to do is react. That's not the way it should go. You should be good enough to get it done without stealing signs. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what baseball brings with – Alex Cora in the future, we don't know for a fact. But what well, the, the other part that makes me feel bad about it is because you and I, we we watch the guys who are grinding it daily. We have to, we don't have a major league team around here, so we're watching the minor league guys trying to get a spot. And it makes me think of Christian Walker, somebody who's actually crushing it but doesn't have a spot. And it could be because somebody who's not better than him is doing better than him because of the advantages they're getting with sign yeah. stealing. They could I don't be know. a terrible hitter. They exactly. know what's coming. They're a little better. So that that just makes me sick. But I know you guys are probably tired of hearing about science stealing right now, so let's move on. Yeah, it's, <laughs> science it's going to be a hot topic until, yeah. until until God until maybe this letter gets released by the Yankees. So, well, then it's going to be a it's going to be a long season, and if we don't have a season this year, the Astros, the Yankees, they're all getting ridden next year. Yeah. So, all right. So next subject, we have the Mets owner, the Wilpons, are most likely trying to buy time. Yeah, I mean they're. <laughs> What kind of situation do they put themselves in right now? Like, what, what do they think is going on? Like, is this helping or hurting? So, with the market to buy baseball team cooling, of course, you know, the Mets are looking to, to try to turn down the heat, as what the New York Post said. Um, apparently, it was reported on Tuesday, the Mets owners, who have been shopping the team for a lengthy time, are trying to extend a deadline for a sizable loan that's due shortly. A $250 million loan that's led by J.P. Morgan and Chase is scheduled to expire at the end of July, according to the report. And the Mets, owned by Fred and Jeff and then Sal Cass, would likely have to delay that by a full year. Yeah, I would I would imagine. Pushing the end date will most likely buy the time, Mets some more time to sell the team from the financial um, course of the corona shutdown and return to baseball who, tensions between the owners and players. It makes sense. I mean, if you're in a bad situation right now, I think that you should wait. Yeah, because, you know, they're trying to get done, and there's no, they don't have the money for that, to pay that. <laughs> exactly. Especially with this going on. So, you know, one familiar source in the Mets said um, they need to get time on their side and gives them some time in case for revenue back this year. One banker familiar with baseball agrees that it tells me that the Wilpons are not expecting to sell anytime soon since, you know, Harris and Blitzer are bottom fears that would have to be too let the sale go to auction, and that's the last thing Wilpons want at yeah, this time. Absolutely, they don't want to do that. 
Um, they just they just picked a bad time to sell the team. Unfo- yeah, unfortunately, the <laughs> Cohan deal first went down because that would have been done. They would have to worry about no more. They now could, karma's biting them in the butt. Yeah, now it's like we. Uh, well, well, speaking of Cohen, so Cohen wants to buy the Mets still. Sources and he's not the only one. So sources familiar that you know he is still right in it. Like he is ready to pounce for the right deal. Right. So he wants S N Y. But I'm assuming that the right deal for him is at a discount based well, off of earlier. So like the reports we said the Coisio that the um, 76 owners, um, like we just said, are interested, but they're only wanted for a fire sale. Mm-hmm. They want it for cheap. Bottom feeders, they just yeah, they yeah. want the team cheap, and the Wilpons can't afford to do that. No. They want to make a profit. They want to make a profit. They have plans to build something and they else. That's why they want to sell the team. Yeah. So, but apparently, I wonder what Steve, they want to do. Um, apparently, they're in the development to build. I think the Islanders a new a new arena, and then there's also gonna be like a complex. Oh, they own it. the Islanders. They're like part. They want to help build the like complex and all that stuff to get out of the sports team, but just because their first thing was real estate. Okay. So they're getting, oh, they okay. want to get kind of back okay. into it, or at least Jeff does, I guess. Okay. Um, but joins the show to discuss that Steve is ongoing and still much alive to bid to purchase the Mets. With the background in markets and knowledge of the business side of the sports, uh, Lauren, the source, says the direct light of Cohen's intent to buy the Mets as well as the inner workings of the progress is moving forward. So he's still in it. Well, if he gives them a fair price, he could, he, he could easily do it. He could afford it. He's got the money to back it up. If anyone likes talking about how, like, with Mets somewhat losing money, and you know, that's the point of some people. Like, look, they're not making money every year. That they sometimes years are actually losing money. It's like he has the money to be able to afford the loss of fifty million here and there. Right, and then I'm sure he has ideas, or he can hire the right people with the ideas to get the team back to where he thinks they're going to make money. And, and he's probably willing to pay the contracts to make it a big market team again, not these little deals like the Wilpons were, mm-hmm. and getting a championship back to New right. York. Right, and, and I think that's what New York needs. They just need somebody who actually cares about the team. Everybody's been saying and sell the team for years. And especially a team that he grew up uh, yeah. A fan of being from Long Island and everything. It's like, what? that's a dream. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Like I said, I agree. We The Mets just need somebody who's invested in the team, not that doesn't have something else going on. Yeah. Um, but they're still not the only ones no. in the hunt. So we thought a couple weeks ago, A-Rod and J-Lo were out. Well, apparently they are not. They just got a new backer in the quest to get a group together to purchase a possible bid for the Mets. Was the backer anybody worth anything? The Galato Sports Partner Investment Bank is working with two investors who consider investing up a combined of $250 million to join A-Rod and J-Lo's Mets <sighs> bid. That's not enough. They it's got- <laughs> not, but it's a start. They're the ones that helped represent the team that bought the 76ers in 2011. Okay. So they've gotten people together before. They did the Dodgers team where they got multiple investors together. So it's a start. I think what A-Rod and J-Rod, they, they knew they had the money, that their, their part. It okay. was convincing others to right. join. Okay, well, the issue that I have, I, I would love A-Rod to own the Mets. Even though I don't care for the guy as much as a player or a person, but I know he's a baseball guy, and the Mets need a baseball guy. But what, I, well, what I'm going to say, though, is that even if he scrounges up the money with J-Lo, they put their savings in there, whatever the hell they have, plus the guy, who whoever they get with 250 Other investors million, yeah, and stuff. Whatever. That's not enough. No. That's enough to purchase. That's not enough to run. No. If you start losing money, where are they going to get this money from? Exactly. They're not. That's why Steve makes the most sense. Honestly, if J-Lo and A-Rod were really intent, I would contact Steve to go in together. 
That way he doesn't know, need them. He doesn't, but he can <laughs> help. Maybe he wants to buy part of the team where Steve still gets majority, but he wants to be invested in teams somewhat. It could be a possibility, and, and A Rod could be a good you know informant, an I four. Well, the team. or or A Rod could be like a like a maybe not a GM but like a President, special advisor something. or something. Mm-hmm. But. He, I just don't see them getting it done alone, and I don't no. know. If St- I don't know if Steve is willing to share either. I think he might be one of those guys that says, "I don't need you," because yeah. he can absolutely get ex players that are well better off than A Rod to do shit for him. Yeah, I just you know I just don't think that A Rod and them are going to have anything in the bank to back up after they get the team if they had enough to buy it. That's all. I just don't want to see it going downhill from there. Yeah, I think if anything, um, A Rod can probably do to have fun buy a minor league team. Yeah, that would be. He could easily do that. Get your feet wet. Or talk to Jeter. Maybe you can do something. I don't know, but you got to have money to be in the game. You can't just say, "Oh, there's a team for sale. I want to get it, no matter what I got to do. I, I got to sell everything I have." But then you're not going to be able to run the team. It's yeah. not going to put him in a good position. If you're if you're tight for money, that's not going to put you in a in a good decision making no. point of mind, state of mind. Definitely not. Well, speaking of some Mets news, our favorite broadcasting team at SNY was named the best in Major League Baseball. All right, Keith and Ron, and uh, who else we got in there? So the Atlantic ran a fan for survey. About um, just over 6,000 fans voted in on the survey. Fans were asked to rank their local broadcast team from scale to one to five, which included play-by-play, color commentating, field reporting, pre- and post-game show, and technical quality. They tallied up, and Mets broadcast team was named the best in majors. Gary earned a 4.96 out of 5 for the fans' play-by-play and scored the, made the best play-by-play man in baseball. Cool. Keith and Ron Darling earned a 4.9 work as color commentators. Surprisingly, that made them the best in baseball in that regard. Now that's funny because every time I see Keith, I feel like he's <laughs> never paying attention or he doesn't show emotion. He's just, like, out there. So And then Steve um, Gelbs earned a 4.4, scored him third best in on-field reporting in baseball. And lastly, the Mets production team earned a 4.6, earned them second in baseball. So overall total score, the Mets got a 4.9. Cool. And only one team got above a 4.75, which was the Giants at 4.8. Wow. And no other team got above that. Wow. Please tell me the last place team was the Nationals. It didn't give a total. What Nationals, you know your broadcasters are trash. So, you know, <laughs> that's what we said about the blackouts, how we enjoy the SNY. And this is a good reason why to even show, like, we should be able to watch our guys. Like, Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't watch a ton of different games because there's a lot of games already, and I yeah. usually watch Mets games. Um, but when I do watch other commentators, you know, I don't think about it. Man, the Mets, yes, they do their good, they do their thing. I just have to compare them to the Nationals because every time I hear the Nationals guys, I cannot forced, stand yeah. what they say. They're just un- so annoying and so one sided. But there's another guy that I do like listening to sometimes, and that's with the Brewers, Bob Euchre. Yeah, and it's, maybe it's just because he was with Major League in the movies and he was doing a broadcasting there. But yeah. he, he's got a smooth voice, too. That and then, you know, Vince Scully. And yeah. Radio, well, well, you know. But, you know, they're both are pretty much done now. But those from our childhood, it's like. Well, Bob's still doing it. 50 years, man. Not too much longer. <laughs> but anyways, that's good to hear for the Mets. That's, yeah. At least so you get a that's a little somewhere. nice. So um, next thing we got to talk about, you know, we talked about the draft last week is the question of undrafted players mm-hmm. and what who's going to sign them and what. And surprisingly, some have signed. Okay. So it looks like we have we had 136 undrafted free agents. Yes. As All of right. right now, there's been 136 undrafted free agents. So if you do the math, it's roughly another five rounds. Whew. Yeah. So three teams have not signed anyone. Okay. 
Those three teams are the Angels, Tigers, and Rays. The Red Sox have signed the most at 12 players. Okay. So, you know, five rounds. Um, some like Diamondbacks got one. Braves got six. Orioles got six. Cubs got nine. White Sox won. Uh, Reds signed, I think, the second most, if I remember, at 10. Um, who else was a big number? Uh, Royals had seven. Mets, six. Yankees, eight. Phillies, nine. But my question is, when were these signed? Um, they can start signing on the 14th. So they've had that many since the 14th? Yes. Wow. I know. That's one thing we all wondered because the, the cap at 20000 Wow. That's pretty crazy. Signing bonuses. But yeah, when I saw the number, I was a little surprised that because I knew Mets signed like three, but they have signed six total. But it's... Oh, I'm wondering how they how they made the contract. Like they might have a 20000 cap bonus, but there could be something in the contract where that's they're going to give them a different bonus. Because um, I think... Yankees had the most, they had eight total, but they had two of the top 500 by Baseball America. Well, I'm surprised that they're all, they're doing these signings because right now we don't know what the state of baseball is going to look like. And it's not a great time to be signing people with uncertainty. I, I would absolutely try to sign the guys I drafted, but I don't know about signing anybody beyond that at this moment. Yeah. It's, it's, I hope most of them were seniors or something where they're like, okay, are my career is done or like, you know what? Why not? Let me go play for a year kind That's of thing. That's true. And, and you're right. And that, so you're right. Maybe if you look at it like that, the teams are like, hey, we're getting these guys at a discount right now. It's time to sign. That's a good point. Because um, if you guys get somebody who's really talented who would have got drafted originally and now you're getting them for a discount, it doesn't hurt to see what the guys got. Yeah. Like like we said, like, so if we have 136, you're still – that's not even five five rounds. Like we said, it's less. It's close. And like I said, three teams haven't signed no one yet. And surprisingly is Tigers – who needs the Very most. surprising. Um, like I said, like Red Sox, their new president GM from Tampa Bay, they find stuff. Apparently, they oh, found they're probably them. loving it. Oh, they're probably oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a chance on you. I'll take a chance on you. I think I would too. I mean, given the situation, given what's going on, I would probably sign a lot of people too. Yeah. So we'll see um, if any of these because this will be a random year. Like we said, we got to keep close in the draft in a couple of years. Like these five rounds, and then now the undrafted, like, oh, you would have went in the eighth round. You're now, like a, like we said, DeGrom went ninth round when he went, and he would have been undrafted technically. He could have been one of these signees. Was there any other undrafted free agents that stuck out to you? Or, or um, I didn't really get name. I saw like, a couple of them, like a couple teams had a top 500. Um, one guy was real high on the 500, but something happened where he was like, I think it was like 180, and he signed. So I wonder if he was a wasn't sure if he was going back to college or not, and didn't get drafted, and someone signed him. All right. Well, with that being said, MLB is not back, but nope. for everybody else, Japanese baseball is back. So everyone knows the KBO. We've been watching those. Yep, entertaining. So the besides MLB, the second biggest baseball league is Japan, and they started back this and, week. And let's just tell you something about the Japanese baseball league when it started back up. Not only did they get the ball rolling and they're starting to play, unlike the MLB, they're going to play 120 games. Yeah. That's They only double, lost 23 games that's from double the, the regular season. That's double the amount Major League's playing. And then the first part of the season, they they did change around the scheduling to, to less travel, but their plan is to have fans come next month. Right. So the owners and the players or whoever needs to make the decisions, they just want to see baseball. Yeah. They, they're not having these issues that we're having. We're having issues because we got – a lot of drama queens out there to just want to, yeah. I don't know, man. So technically their regular season now is going to end November 7th and go into the postseason after that. So Perfect. you're talking late 
November, December baseball for them. And if they and if they have to, they'll play in the dome. They and don't they, care. And they think They're they have play. four domes. Yeah. And one of them was the dome that the Olympics was going to be at. Exactly. So you know, it's you know, it's kind of sad that you know they can get it done and it really is and get 120 games out of it. It's crazy. Like, so are they going to be show- broadcasting this? Uh, no word on that yet, but ah. I'm pretty sure it'll probably be done. So, um, of course, this they limited travel. Um, there's periodic testing, quarantines, according to league guidelines. Players will be banned from spitting. Um, teams can dress 26 players from the 31 active roster now. So they expanded the roster okay. so they can choose who's starting and stuff like that. Um, non-roster baseball staff will have to wear masks. Of course, former Baltimore star Adam Jones went 0 for 3 in his debut. Um, Japan has re- recorded almost 1,000 deaths con- contribute to the COVID-19 compared to almost 120,000 in America, but which has 2.6 times the population in Japan compared to us in America. So they figured out, they got it quarantined, they, and then now they're playing baseball. I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm really not surprised. Um, but I am happy for them that they got baseball going and they figured it out pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, see what you can accomplish when you guys work together. I think a couple weeks ago they were like, okay, they're hoping to have something in a couple and, weeks. And, and now then they're there. I didn't hear nothing about it. And it's like, oh, games have started. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Yeah. It's like, we're not playing around. We're going to play games, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like, like oh. it. What, what is, do you know if there's a big time difference between South Korea baseball and Japan baseball? Like, I'm just trying to think if we get to see it. What are we looking? A little are we looking at like, I th- I'm thinking because I remember when we did the uh, World Baseball Classic. I'm pretty sure we had like It'd be the same time seven frame. o'clock games or yeah. early games. Okay, it'd be around the same timeline. Well, so. I hope they do show it because I'd be interested to watch base- uh, Japanese baseball. Something I'm pretty sure ESPN can probably get somewhere they show not like KBO. They can probably show like one or two a week a big game like the game of the week. Something they can figure something out. That'd I be w- cool. Yeah, because why not? If you're dr- diving for sports, because I'm pretty sure NBA is not starting until hopefully the end of J- July. If they start, there's still guys that are still on the fence. Big yeah. name players that are on the fence. Hockey might have setback we as got, of today. We got of COVID, COVID breakouts going on. So, and yeah. I forgot they're even shutting. Da- they're even talking about shutting down all the training facilities for the MLB right now. So we don't know what's going on. There's a lot, lot yeah. to go so over. So now it's like. ESPN, do you want another baseball league? I, I think they should get another baseball league because right now I'm getting notifications from ESPN to watch Rookie of the Year. <laughs> it's Friday night. So ESPN wants me to watch, watch Rookie of the right, Year. You could record it instead of you know KBO in the afternoon and in the evening you can show the Japan League. I would love it. I think I, I would watch it. Absolutely. Right? So speaking of COVID, and we just talked about you know um, Philadelphia Philly players and staff members have tested positive. And they're wonderful, clear water, Florida. Which do they share the training facility with the Blue Jays? Or they're I'm just close. wondering why they're they not shut far. down. Okay, because because uh, Philly, uh, the Phillies and the Blue Jays have shut down their training facilities in Florida. Yeah, so five Phillies players and three staff members have tested positive Tuesday, so they have now shut down the facility. And like we said, baseball is now considered shut down all facilities and doing deep cleaning. Because I'm pretty pretty sure most of these players got to be either injured. Or something, so they're coming for their routine. Like Syndergaard stayed in Florida to get his workout. So yeah, they're probably going to facilities to get checked. So this is gonna be something like that because you know, which is funny. I went on Twitch because I'm starting you know stream a little bit. Harper is Twitch streaming Fortnite. <laughs> it popped up on my suggestion. I'm like, as in Bryce Harper. Harper clicked on it. Sure enough, I was like, wow. So I, this is what players are doing now. So. So he's at home. So I'm saying it's got to be injured or you know something like that. But 
so now this is this could be a setback. You know, a big thing for the players was the testing, the safety. Mm-hmm. Now you're like, oh well, we just got eight positives, and then not even a little bit later, like we just talked about the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're gearing up for their season in hockey. A bunch of them just tested. Clemson football, a bunch of them just tested positive. So it's like this is going to be postponing a lot of sports if they don't figure this out soon. Yeah, absolutely. And I know right now that even like you said, they're, they're postponing a lot of things. NFL still supposed to be going on track, but the, the doctor, what's his name, Fossey or whatever, yeah. he thinks that's not going to happen. So I'm wondering to see, are we going to see a lot of sports or is this going to get started up and shut right back down? It is going to be very interesting because, you know, yeah, because, you know, we're talking, you know, everyone's like, okay, we're getting a plan together. Football can start sending t- dates and stuff. And then, of course, Clemson had the protest last weekend, so this is probably a big reason why a lot of them got it. Yep. You know, so we don't know, but it's still going to start scaring people and scaring commissioners and leagues. Like, hmm, what can we do now? Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. So, so you know, after we talked about last week with round three of MLB versus MLBPA, the players said, we're done. Yeah, I believe uh, they, they, they went to the owners and said, here's our proposal. And then they shut it down. Yeah, they're like, nope. And they said, okay, fine. Tell us when and where. Yeah. And pretty much, you know, they were tired of the back and forth. And Saturday evening, the commissioner, um, Ross says, time to play ball. And the MLPA executive, Tony Clark, said a statement that it best actors to negotiate in good faith. Um, the top massive pay cuts that agreed upon in March, the owners have intentionally poor offers, leaked to the media. So the players are done with the progress. And a lot of the stars were tweeting out. Yeah, everybody's tweeting when out. And where. And they were all tweeting the exact same words when and where. I know Bryce Harper was part of that. Harper, um, Trout, yeah, Stroman, yeah. like a lot of stars. I'm like, well, I guess we're going to get 50 games. And, and when they did say that, we thought, okay, they just forced your hand, but I guess we were wrong. <laughs> but, but you're right. So they, uh, the commissioner could impose a season, yeah. but he doesn't want to because he wants to make sure that the players aren't going to file a grievance first. So, yeah, this was Saturday. <laughs> so, you know, through the weekend, we're like, well, it's going to be a sprint. And then come Tuesday, no, Wednesday. Yeah. There was hope. There was hope. There was hope. MLB clapped back, right? The so owners- MLB... <laughs> met in Arizona with the MLBPA face-to-face and had meetings. Oh, yeah. So we're like, oh, <laughs> is this going to happen? And then sources are like, there's close, there's agreements. Like, oh, we're getting yeah. somewhere. Yeah, they were moving. So, and then proposal, which everyone thought was going to be close, a done deal, was 60 games in 70 days. Season started July 19th, 20th. Full pro-rated salary, expanded playoffs, waiver of potential grievance, universal DH. We're like, Sweet. Okay, it's not 50. It's 10 more games. It's whatever. It's baseball. Let's take it. Right. So the owners finally gave in and said, we're going to go ahead and do this. However, the MLBPA said, no, no, not so fast. And it's like, yes, okay. And then the next day, it's like, well, the MLBPA sent an offer to the, to the owners. I'm like, excuse me. I thought we had a close deal done. And this upset a lot of people, well, a lot of the owners and the commissioner when the MLBPA shut it down and then countered again. I believe they countered with 70 games. Yeah, so after the meeting, um, the commissioner of baseball you know, released a statement hours after the sent. Was at my request, Tony Clark and I met for several hours in Phoenix. We left the meeting, developed the framework. It could be agreement of 
you know, to get baseball back. Summarize at the framework numerous times meeting Tony Wright today, the conversation yesterday. I am encouraged that the clubs will move forward and trust Tony would do the same. But then we said the players sent something. However, um, the Los Angeles Times reported that the players felt 60 games was not enough. That, you know, increased from the 50 game proposal that, you know, baseball could do. And then they offered 72 last week. So the MLBPA said Thursday, 70 game season. July 19th through the 30th of September, 50 million in playoff bonuses, 50-50 split in the new postseason TV revenues in 2021, forgiveness for players' salary, tier one and three for players, universal DH, and a mutual um, waiver of grievance. So 10 games. So ultimately, between the two deals is 10 games. Right. So if everybody's listening, you guys are trying to keep up. The union wants 70 games. The players want 70 games. But the owners are saying no more than 60. Uh, and the, for now, the owners are not planning to counter, and they're ending talks as of right now. So we're not in a good space. We're arguing this season is going to be changed about on 10 games. And I guarantee you, if the owners budge to 65, the players are going to be like, no, we said 70. So we're, we're at a stalemate right now. We're not, nobody wants to budge. Nobody wants to set the precedence for the next negotiations. So as of yesterday, Manfield said, this needs to be over until I speak with the owners. I cannot get a firm deadline. There's going to be a deadline set. Right. But even if there are deadlines set, we're still – so <laughs> they're not agreeing on this now. We're tabling a talk over the weekend. I'm sure they're c- going to come out with something in the next uh, – you know, by Monday or Tuesday. But with that being said, we're losing time. Yes. You're not going to be able to fit these games in here with less time. It's just not making sense. And then, of course, Tony Clark released their statement. We d- delivered – Today, a counterproposal in 70-game regular season, which among number of issues includes expanded playoffs. We believe that this will represent the base for agreement on um, resumption of play. So the rumor is 10 games. Rumor is anywhere from two, $250 million to $300 million is going to cost MLB total. So if you divide by 30 teams, you're talking $10 million. An average vet salary for a decent player, $10 million for a season per t- per team. Are we really arguing over one player salary right yes, now? Yes, we are. And the reason we are is because I also heard that there's at least six to eight owners who don't even want to see a season this year. They want to take their losses now. So they're definitely not trying to budge, and they're trying to do everything they can to not see a season happen. So both ends are fighting yes. fighting it out. That's all I can think about. And what's going to make this even worse? Not only if they decided they do want to agree on these games, that's not going to be the end all because now I've heard – that the MLB is bringing up the bubble plan again. They're talking about playing in Southern California, bringing everybody there to play. That's that's it being brought up again. Well, it doesn't surprise me because they couldn't do Arizona and Florida because Florida is peaking again. And this and this notification I got right before we started talking. Oh, so man. so so this came out you know within a couple of hours of us starting the podcast. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen there, but. What I do know is if they come to an agreement about the game situation, now we're going to have a whole other situation based off of where they're going to play the, the games at. Man. <laughs> so it's not looking great to see MLB baseball this year. It's like, just agree to something. Like, I thought Tuesday we had, the, we had it. Like, okay, uh-huh. I don't care. It's not 50. It's still 10 extra games. Let's just take it what it is. It's a weird year. Let's make it. 
on the bottom there. So you so you can see. So I'm just showing Alan what I saw Multiple talking about the bubble. Multiple cross baseballs reportedly brought the idea of bringing a bubble to Southern California as a potential site. But how would you do Southern California? But what I'm saying is if that is an actual issue that's being brought up about playing in a certain site, we're going to have issues with players again. Because they got to talk about bringing their family. They got everything. There's just a lot. That's a whole other can of worms. Yeah, like the ultimate deal, if you're going to keep somewhere located, was I loved, like we talked about, the Arizona and Florida League. It makes the most sense. Everyone's kind of confined to an area, less travel. You're talking not even flying. You're talking really bus driving. But also keep this in mind. If they decide to play at a bubble site or Arizona and Florida or whatever, now we're talking about different revenue again. From the what they're going to be making or, or bringing in, so yeah. that that's a whole other issue again. Yeah. So if that's legit, I'm not. I'm going to call the season a wash if, if that's going to be brought up again. My biggest thing is how can Korea and Japan figure it out, and we're over here in America mindset not figuring it out. It's the mindset. It has to be. We we all want it all. We want it all. It's, yeah. it's got to so, be something along those lines. Um, Hopefully we have good news next week. I don't know. Like I thought <laughs> round four was gonna be done with the way the earlier part of the week sounded. I was like, great. We get to like I was hoping like okay, cool because we postponed recording and I was like, look, we're gonna have a good week. <laughs> exactly. We're gonna talk about when we're gonna start this season. We're like we're gonna get hope because then we can start talking about real baseball games in a couple weeks. And it's like, well, fuck, we're right back well, where we were. Now that this is round four, I'm assuming we're gonna see round five, and hopefully it's like UFC championship uh, fight where Knock there's out. only five rounds. Like let's lay it down. There's five rounds regardless. Let us be the judges. Let us tell you what to do. We got to get the ball rolling, right? Can, uh, can someone else play commissioner for the day? Can we get Baseball Island? I mean, what's <laughs> God? Can but, we play somewhere? Yeah. So you know, tell us what you think. What should baseball do? Should, should they, they call it a season, or should we get the ball rolling? Should they just go and do the 50 games, or should Players, you know, accept the thir- the sixty games. Should they meet the middle? Do sixty five? I can't imagine them doing fifty because if they do fifty, I'm just imagining them thinking this is not even a season. It, we'll see. Yeah, we will see, and we'll give you guys more updates as soon as we hear something. Yeah. So hopefully, there's updates maybe next week about a certain letter being unsealed. <laughs> hopefully, there's talk about baseball starting officially. We don't know. So please, if you like what you see, please like, share, and subscribe. And oh yeah, we got t-shirts now. Hey. So maybe that's coming soon. But anyways, we'll see y'all next time. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you for checking out this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe to the channel. Share it with your friends. Don't hog the goodness here from AA Sports with your friends. And if you want to take that step further, please click on that Patreon link that's in that YouTube you know, description down there. We do monthly giveaways, gifts from us if you do different tiers. And you will get most likely everything we do here at Double Sports a day early, if not more. So please share that with your friends also. We'll catch you on next time. Peace. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. That's right. For the record, you ain't trying to grow any stuff for you. That's right. For the record, lab on me going all the way. All the- for the record, ain't tryna link no time to wait. Price for y'all, snake eyes on dice for y'all, shoulders on ice for y'all, A6 all